everybody coming at you from the future. I just want to offer a trigger warning. I'm going to be talking about Amanda Bynes' conservatorship and maybe it, it could have some hot takes on it. I really don't think anything I say is necessarily like crazy or triggering, but if you feel very passionately one way or another about Britney's conservatorship or Amanda's conservatorship or conservatorships in general, I discourage you from listening to the latter half of this episode. The first part of the episode is all about me and, you know, because you know, it's my show, but I just want to offer a disclosure about what's going to be said and my takes on us just needing to leave Amanda alone and the sensitivity around mental health and what we're doing to her as a society and how we're exploiting everything that she's going through right now. So take that with a grain of salt. I just want to offer this up so no one comes at me later on, but I love you guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of X Knows All. I'm so happy you're here with me. This is my first solo episode in quite a while. If you're new here, the beginning of the show started with just me on my Ghetto Blue Yeti microphone, talking to myself in my small little office about a specific celebrity and I would do deep dives on them from inception all the way to today you know what their family dynamics were how they got into the business any scandals that followed them things like that and as the show has gained more traction as I've networked with more and more people in the pop culture podcasting space and may you believe that it is quite the small group of us I can say with complete certainty that out of this entire podcasting experience and through the blood, sweat, and tears that have gone into the show, the most important thing that I am grateful for is the connections that I've built with you listeners as well as other pop culture podcasters in the space. And everyone that I've had on the show thus far has become a friend of mine. I, it's so funny because not a lot of people know this, but The reason I even started to get into this pop culture little click that I'm in is one time when the show first began, I posted an Instagram and I tagged Tori from Ready to Be Petty and Shannon from Fluently Forward. And I know a lot of you guys who are listening now have found me through them. And so long story short, I tagged them in in an Instagram post. I think it was about like Shia LaBeouf. And both Tori and Shannon had listened to the episode and they had messaged me and I literally had maybe two episodes out they're like hey I liked your episode on Shia LaBeouf do you want to come on and at that point it I was like geeking out I was like oh my god this is so cool like two podcasters that I really love and adore are asking me moi to be on their show and basically one thing led to another and we started this like Slack channel between all of us. And it's truly the most supportive group of women getting together, kind of just talking about whether it be personal life stresses, podcast related stretches, how we can both, how we can all kind of come together to support one another, whether it be like, hey, I'm coming out with this new project. Do you guys mind kind of like shouting it out? Or it's something about it is so wholesome and supportive and like nothing makes me happier. And That is one of the two things that have really made my world go round since I began the podcast in January 2022 is the connection I've built with other like-minded women in this space. And a lot of the time you would think that if 
we're in the same space, we're competitive with one another, or we want to see one another fail. And after having done this for a little over a year, I can say that's the furthest from the truth. We're all in this together. We all support one another. We have each other on one another's shows. It's it's quite a beautiful thing. Like it literally can make me cry because when I try to explain, like for instance, I got together with Tori from Ready to Be Petty in LA a couple weeks ago. And when I was explaining it to my friends like that live here, they're like, oh, who are you going to see in LA? I'm like, oh, my friend Tori. And I didn't even know how to explain it because Tori and I had never met in the flesh, but we had FaceTime like so many times. I'm like, well, she's a friend of mine, but we've never actually met. And it's like very difficult to explain these types of relationships with people that aren't podcasters. But I'm sure you guys can all kind of laugh along because I know you guys, if you're listening to this show, you're certainly listening to everyone else's shows. And it just, anyways, I'm kind of going on a bit of a tangent. But the next thing I want to quickly shout out is my gratefulness for everyone that has kind of rallied around me as I've gone through so many tosses and turns with the podcast. At the beginning, I was kind of loading episodes haphazardly whenever I felt like it. And then as I began to take that podcast more seriously, it became like more of a weekly thing. And I became very dedicated to ensuring that an episode will go out every Sunday at 9 p.m. Pacific. And it's truly become a second job. And I mean that not in a way to make it seem like it's the worst thing ever. I mean this in the most sincere way that it's been a passion project of mine. And most of you know, and I talk about this a lot on the show, is that I work a full-time job in finance, in the tech world. And this is literally just something I do on the side to, I don't, I hardly make any money off of it. Uh, But it's, it's just something that I've like really, it doesn't feel like work when it feels very enjoyable. So let's kind of take a pause and then let's move on to what has been kind of aching on my heart. And if you've listened to the podcast episode with Zach Moses, we discussed the weekend uh, last week on last week's episode. I set up top at the beginning at the intro section of the episode that I had banked a bunch of bunch of episodes over the past like two weeks prior to that episode going live and I was going so hard (laughs) like every day I was either recording a podcast for my show or I was going on someone else's podcast uh, as a guest and no one knew this because I didn't talk about it until that episode but I was laid off from my job that I had just started at at the end of September 2022 at the beginning of February. So I had been at that job no more than like five months and I had gotten laid off. And I didn't talk about this on the podcast because there was just a lot going on for me at that time and I didn't really know how to how to talk about it on the show. And if anyone follows the tech industry, you'll know that tech layoffs are rampant right now. Everyone and their mother is laying, is laying people off. And I think that's, you know, I never thought it could be me and then it was and thankfully the company I was at was you know gave me severance and I was comfortable for months you know I could have I could have rode the fun employment wave for months on end but when I had gotten laid off I had kind of told myself that okay this is a blessing in disguise. I'm laid off for a reason. This can provide me more time to focus on the podcast and on the show and on marketing the show and going on TikTok and hiring someone to do my TikToks and banking more episodes and just really going all in. And I thought, you know, what better time than now? You know, I'm still relatively young. 
I don't have kids. You know, I have a security blanket. I have savings. I have severance money. I have health insurance still, which was a godsend that the company continued to give us health insurance. But it's no surprise because tech companies are typically really good with, you know, when they lay people off, they have to make it a nice deal. So I was very fortunate in like financially. And I wasn't stressed about that, fortunately. And I told myself, you know, this is God's way of telling me that I need to focus on the podcast. And before I knew it, it was all guns blazing. I can say with certainty that I never felt so overworked than I did the month that I was unemployed. And keep in mind that I was doing basically both jobs prior to my layoff. I had been doing working a full-time job in tech and doing the podcast. And for whatever reason, that didn't feel nearly as burning out as doing the podcast full-time. And I don't know what exactly it was. I think perhaps with podcasting, it almost feels like there's never an end. You can't be like, oh, you know, I, I'm done with content for the day. I provided my deliverables and I'm fully done. I can now relax. The content creation and being a creative literally never stops because when you're not doing something, you could always be doing more. And like, listen, in accounting, if anyone knows, everyone thinks accountants are so boring that it's always like the poster child of being the most boring job. Accounting is fucking hard work. Like when you're not doing something, you really could be doing something because <laughs> there's just so much management and stress to the job. But at least it, I knew exactly what I was getting when I turned on my computer every day for work. Whereas with the podcast, it's unforeseen territory. And I didn't know what the next day necessarily called for. And this is all very new to me. I know very basic things about how to edit a podcast episode, how to load it to Buzzsprout, but I know nothing about TikTok. I, so I was kind of going all in trying to make sure that I was exploring all avenues of marketing the podcast. So much so that I felt so intensely burnt out that I started kind of taking a step back and saying, okay, what does this podcast actually actually mean for me and then you juxtapose like this thought with like okay well Christy you know when you were working doing the podcast wasn't that more work it's like well I felt like I had a good separation between podcast and work I knew when to call it quits on the podcast while I was working full-time because you know I said okay I'm working 10 12 sometimes 14 hours days and I know that after work I'm not going to be focusing on anything at all I'm just going to be watching tv after my full-time job and then on the weekends I can carve out maybe five six hours towards the show And there felt like a a strict boundary and separation between full-time work and then podcast work. And then you fast forward to the layoff and I was just doing full-time podcast work. And just that felt to me very distressing and daunting. And like, I never thought I would be one to say this because I always joke about like, oh, I want to be famous. You know, I just want to, you know, marry rich so I don't have to work. And like all this shallow stuff that I, in practice, I've never had to experience because I've, been working for a long time but there's something to be said about like being in a job that's like cerebrally stimulating and I'm not saying that people that are full-time content creators are not cerebral that's not what I'm saying at all for me personally it felt detrimental cerebrally (laughs) is that even a word it felt detrimental cerebrally to me because I was on my phone all the time and it started to create like a serious like I almost felt like nauseous after being on my phone so often posting on Instagram, being on TikTok, identifying ways to like market the podcast even more. It felt so damaging to my psyche that I missed the cerebral work that was in Excel and that was numbers and that was accounting, that was finance. 
I never thought I would say that. But now, okay, now now we're here today. It's um, late March and I got a new job. I was very thankful that my old boss at the job that I was laid off on, a lot of people in the finance and accounting department went to this other other company. So when I got laid off, my boss at the company I got laid off from said, hey, Christy, you should go work for this. You should go interview at this startup uh, that a bunch of people from this company went to. And, you know, just see if it fits with you, whatever. So I ended up interviewing and it ended up working out really quickly. So I got a job within just four weeks of me getting laid off. So I feel like I'm now back in a place today where I'm back in a full-time job and I'm back in the swing of things. And I can kind of create a boundary of like, okay, what does this podcast look like now that I'm a little bit more settled when it comes to like financially, like money and the job that gives me money. So what does that mean from a podcast perspective? So I want to be totally honest with you guys. I don't want to promise anything, but I don't also don't want to promise nothing. And I want to say that I want to take a bit of a hiatus from the podcast. And when I say hiatus, I mean like you're still going to hear from me on Instagram I'll probably jump on the podcast whenever I feel like it. There's no real hard and fast rule of what this hiatus means for me. It could mean that I post an episode haphazardly and you'll just be surprised every Sunday when I do. It could mean that I realize that I hate not podcasting and I could go full force. I'm not really sure what this future of the podcast looks like for the short term future, but I do know that I need to reassess what the podcast looks like. And I think the only way I can do that is just to make a blanket statement that says, I'm not going to promise weekly episodes until I figure out what the heck it is I'm going to do. And this could be just me speaking fresh out of my burnout from podcasting full-time for a month. And I could realize tomorrow that, oh my God, working full-time and doing this podcast brings me so much joy. I want to keep doing it just like I was doing before I was laid off. Point being, I don't know what this is going to look like. But what I do know is that Nothing has brought me so much more joy than the show and connecting with the listeners on Instagram and when you guys are leaving reviews and trying to make me famous and are on the inside jokes and you guys send me TikToks that remind you of me or you send me recommendations of what you want to hear on the episode. Like that has all been amazing and that's what I know I don't want to let go of but just in the near future I just I need to take a break and I'm not sure what that break looks like yet and I don't know what to promise you guys but I just know I don't want to put so much pressure on myself to release an episode every Sunday night because... I'm going to get burnt out and I know that the quality of my show won't be as good as it could be if I'm burnt out while doing it. So let's just call this like a short-term pain of not having as frequent of episodes for a longer-term gain of what this means for the show and its longevity. I hope that makes sense and I hope you guys are understanding of it. I just, you know, I gotta get, I gotta take care of myself, you know, and I need to go out and like do shit, you know? Like, I feel like I've put dating on the wayside and I need to be more active with my dating life. I used to joke about it with my with my roommates and stuff when I lived in SF. I'm like, you know what? I used to date like it was my full-time job. Like, no, I had my job, you know, and then I would date, like, as a side hustle, basically. Like, that is essentially non-existent. And I'm, you know, I'm having my fun. I'm being a little bit of a crazy girl. You know, that's all that's been not lacking in the department but I feel like I need to be a bit more intentional with actually going out and dating people and that has just completely gone away since I've been doing this podcast and that also needs to be a bit of a priority but let's just let's just see how this turns out you know I don't have I don't want to make any promises but I just want to set the precedent that this isn't 
going to be forever. I just don't know what the podcast is going to look like for the next few months while I just take a bit of a breather. I hope you guys understand. And, you know, in order to get me back on, I would love it if you just sent old podcast episodes to a friend. Make sure all your friends and family, your boyfriend, your sister are listening to the show because... I know I can be close to getting sponsorships and actually like financially gaining from the podcast maybe and that would give me more incentive to keep the momentum going. But right now I think for as much as I'm doing is for as little money as I'm getting back, it just I'm so burnt out I can't do it anymore. <laughs> At least for the time being. Let's quickly pivot to my upcoming travels. I know that people that are into the show and into me – are very excited about you guys like really care sometimes about what I'm doing and you know the narcissist in me loves that so I feel like I should just scratch the itch for people that are are curious so in a couple weeks I'm going to be going to New Orleans my best friend ML is getting married and her bachelorette party is going to be in New Orleans so very excited for that that's just in a couple weeks here and it's been Oh, let's see. It's been five years since I've been to New Orleans. So I'm very excited to explore the city with new friends. It's going to be really great. If I have any New Orleans listeners, feel free to shoot me a DM. Would love to, you know, meet up if I'm out. And then a couple weeks after New Orleans, I'm going to New York City. And as I mentioned before, all my podcast girly girls, we're all doing a podcast meetup. And I don't even know what the heck it's going to be. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of content and us just like, you know, braiding each other's hair and like going out and drinking and being crazy people. But that's coming up as well. Uh, It's going to be me, Emily Rose from It's Become a Whole Thing, Tori from Ready to Be Petty, Shannon from Fluently Forward, Cam from What I Will Say. So it's just going to be, oh my God, it's going to be an epic, epic vacation. I'm also going to San Francisco for work. Uh, That's going to be a quick trip. It's going to be like pretty shortly after my New York City trip. And like I just love to be at home after a long trip. So it's going to be a very, very fast trip. But that'll also be there. I've also been teasing me going to England and Ibiza. Ibiza? I don't know how to say it. Ibiza? For my good friend Allie's wedding, she's doing an English countryside wedding at the Soho House. She's like honestly the most generous human being ever. Uh, We're staying at the Soho House and then we're flying out to Ibiza for a post-wedding honeymoon with her and all of her friends. And Sarah, my friend Sarah, she's been on the show before. She's going to be joining me on that trip. So it's going to be, that's where all the content's going to come out. Like I'm going to need a few more thoughty photos and a few more Instagram photos and I'm sure I can get that. And Ibiza, so stay tuned for that. And then, of course, as I mentioned, ML's bachelorette in New Orleans, she's getting married in Mexico. So I just got like a lot of international trips and a lot of cross-country trips and a lot going on. And I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be more excited. And I, I think this is also partly the reason why I need to take a hiatus from the show. I don't want to put pressure on myself to do actual like accounting work plus episodes every week it just that stresses me out and I feel like it wouldn't be a good quality show so that's also kind of the reason I'm taking a bit of a break I just like I need to focus on just like living my life and experiencing life without feeling like oh shit like feeling the weight of the world like oh my god I need to I need to record a podcast I need to book a guest like all that just stresses me out a shit ton so that's also another reason for the hiatus in any case 
that's all for the personal updates for now. I do want to quickly discuss Amanda Bynes. And I know there's been some disturbing news as of late over the past week. It's now March 22nd. Uh, a couple days ago, Amanda Bynes was found uh, roaming the streets of LA naked. She had flagged down a car to use this person's phone to call 911 to explain that she was coming down from a psychotic break. And I want to talk about the rhetoric that's been surrounding Amanda Bynes because there's just been, I've seen a lot of TikToks and a lot of people that I quite honestly feel like are exploiting the entire situation. And I it feel I feel like it needs to be said. Amanda Bynes, let's just like take it back to like what even led to her kind of seemingly psychosis that's been going on over the past almost decade. So Amanda Bynes was put into a conservatorship. And also, by the way, before I dive into this, I have an Amanda Bynes specific episode. So if you want to hear about like the actual, like everything that went on to her like early childhood up until her conservatorship and thereafter, I have a full deep dive episode on Amanda Bynes. That's nearly an hour. So go into the feed if you haven't listened to it. But Amanda Bynes was put into a conservatorship nearly nine years ago until it officially ended in March, 2022. I do want to point out that her parents definitely supported the conservatorship ending, which I'm sure, you know, they had close oversight over her and they thought, you know, she would, she was in a good position to be terminated from that conservatorship. She was able to take care of her estate, her finances, her well-being, exempt from the oversight of her parents. So I do, I do want to call that out. So for all intents and purposes, I feel like we've all kind of seen Amanda Bynes thrive since she's been terminated from the conservatorship irrespective of what we just saw this week of her roaming the streets of LA naked we've it seems like she's kind of had her shit together I follow her on Instagram and it seems like she was pursuing a bit of you know a degree in uh at FITM for fashion and she's since kind of pivoted her endeavors towards being a nail technician and she's posted that all over Instagram she has this fiance Paul that she's been with for years now it seemed like she was good we never heard anything crazy about her until very recently but what I take issue with is all these TikToks I'm seeing of people saying oh Amanda Bynes was taken by these people that are like satanic adjacent folks and oh like this is a photo of Amanda Bynes late night in the streets of Skid Row in LA with this creepy couple that claims to like worship Satan and all these pictures of Amanda Bynes. Like, I just want to say, actually, let me, let me just pause there. Let me, so that for some reason has really been bothering me. And I think it bothers me for a multitude of reasons. One When someone is going through a psychotic break that Amanda Bynes is clearly going through right now, let's just take a step back and remember, Amanda Bynes, regardless of her celebrity, is a human with a family. And let's just try and do some role playing here and assume that your sister is Amanda Bynes. Or actually, let's just assume that your sister is going through a crisis that Amanda Bynes is currently going through. You don't know where the hell she is. She's not contacting the family. You don't know if she's in LA, if she's in Northern California, if she's in all the way in fucking New York City. You have no idea because she's completely disbanded herself from the family. There's no way to get a hold of her. You don't know if she even has money. You don't know if she has a cell phone because she's disconnected everything because she's paranoid. Imagine the the utter fear that her family is going through, not knowing where their daughter is, and then seeing her 
picture splashed up on page six and all over TikTok, exploiting the fact that she was caught roaming the streets of LA naked out of her goddamn mind. Imagine the horror and fear you would feel as a family, family member. That's where it comes down to for me. I think we need to stop posting these TikToks, stop giving these TikToks airtime because ultimately the people that are being impacted right now is of course Amanda, but also her family that's in a crisis. And you have to understand that when her conservatorship ended, it takes a lot of work for family like Amanda Bynes to finally deem the conservatorship no longer applicable for the person. I want to believe that Amanda Bynes' parents mean, mean well for her. And the fact that she was in a conservatorship for nearly a decade and that was re- it was recently terminated just one year ago shows that they probably had a lot of hope for their daughter that she was coming out of her she was getting the help she needed, whether it's, I don't know her diagnosis, but maybe they assume, you know, she's on medication. Her temperament is a bit more moderate. She's not experiencing episodes, you know, manic episodes. We think it's finally okay to cut the cord. And then a year later, you hear on page six that she's roaming the streets of LA without any clothes. How scary that must be as a parent for you to be like, oh my God, did we make the right decision in terminating the conservatorship? Should we have extended it for an even longer period of time? Did we as parents fail? There's so much nuances that go into it from a family perspective that I hate when I keep seeing this shit online about about her. And people, it's like almost like sport. People are sharing these TikToks and saying, oh, Amanda Bynes, look, oh my God, she's being overtaken by a satanic cult. It's like you actually don't know who those people are, nor can we even speculate based on a three-minute TikTok video. So just stop. Let me, let me rewind it a little bit. So Amanda Bynes, when the term of, ter, uh, conservatorship was terminated in March 2022, she wrote, following today's decision by the judge to terminate my conservatorship, I would like to thank my fans for their love and well wishes during this time. I would also like to thank my lawyer and my parents for their support over the last nine years. She said she was 35 at the time. She goes on to say, quote, in the last several years, I've been working hard to improve my health so that I can live and work independently. And I will continue to prioritize my well-being in the next chapter. I'm excited about my upcoming endeavors, including my fragrance line, and look forward to sharing more when I can. So let's let's just take a step back and also compare her conservatorship to Britney's. To me, from where I stand, Amanda Bynes' conservatorship was necessary and effective, and it was coming from two parents who absolutely did care for their child. Amanda Bynes was like, back in like 2013. I remember I was in college. I was refreshing Press Hilton because I was so concerned about her. I remember she was throwing bongs out her window. She was dressing in crazy wigs. She was showing up to court with these crazy wigs. Didn't look like she was showered. She was making weird videos and posting them to Twitter. She was exhibiting significant mental health issues that were akin to perhaps schizophrenia, psychosis, bipolar, depression, et cetera, et cetera. As far as I'm aware, and again, I don't know, of course, I don't claim to know the ins and outs of both of their situations, but from what I can see and based on what I've read and what I've seen on, on the internet and what I've read, Amanda Bynes' situation, her and Brittany were both going through something psychiatric. Something was going on in their brain. I don't think that's up for debate. But I think the difference between Amanda and Brittany is that Amanda Bynes' parents actually attempted, I believe, to do what was best for her, both her mental state and her financial estate and her overall estate. It it seemed to me that when she was in her conservatorship, she had been sober for a couple years. She was actually looking to make a, a recovery. Then you juxtapose that with Britney Spears in her situation. I think her parents, and I think it's very well known now, that Jamie Spears, perhaps Lynn Spears and Jamie Lynn Spears, were putting Britney in a conservatorship for financial and monetary gain. 
maybe at the beginning it was is was for her well-being but I think towards the end it became very much for financial gain it almost seemed as if Britney was an enterta- entertainment monkey the same cannot be said of Amanda Bynes Amanda hasn't been working since EZA with Emma Stone back back when Penn Badgley was a thing with Gossip Girl, right? So we can't even go back and say, oh, Amanda's parents were using her for financial gain and financial support. Amanda Bynes' dad is a, is a fucking dentist. My uncle went to dental school with him at USC. Like, they make a fine living. They don't need her. They weren't on welfare checks like Britney's parents. So I, I truly believe, and I could be wrong, I'm not saying this for certain, but based on what I've seen, I truly believe Amanda's parents were doing what they thought was best for her. So... I just think it's very, it really concerns me that we, when people think about the term conservatorship, they think of Britney Spears and they think conservatorship equals bad. It's like when we hear, like, and I talked about this in my Bachelor franchise episode with with Jenna from Date Card Pod. It's like when we heard the term fat, it means bad. But why does, why is it bad? It's because of the, the way that societies put the connotation of the word fat or the word conservatorship on everyone else we as a society see the term conservatorship and we automatically think Britney Spears and we automatically think oh well because Britney Spears was put under conservatorship that was we believe to be against her will it was for monetary gain therefore it is bad when in fact conservatorships are intended to help the disabled in mind and I had to look it up at least from a California perspective what is what is who's eligible for conservatorship and this is from the California like government website it's usually requires someone who suffers with with dementia it can also apply to adults who cannot take care of themselves or their finances usually elderly individuals qualify for a conservatorship in these matters but of course adults with developmental disabilities who cannot fully care for themselves or their finances are also eligible for a conservatorship now there are two types of conservatorships and again this is all just pertaining to california one conservatorship of a person so in a conservatorship of the person, the conservator is responsible for making sure that the conservatee has proper food, clothing, shelter, and health care. Depending on the conservatee's ability to understand and make decisions, the conservator may need to make important medical decisions for him or her. Now, let's talk about the conservatorship of the estate, which is what Britney Spears is under, as well as the conservatorship of the person. So the conservator handles the conservatee's financial matters. The duties include managing the conservatee's finances, protecting income and property, paying bills, making investments, preparing and filing taxes on behalf of the conservatee. The conservator is also required to make regular reports of the financial account to the courts and other interested parties. So like with Britney's situation, I don't know exactly how that fell through the cracks, but like if we think about this conservatorship from a definition perspective, it's very much made to help those who feel helpless for their loved ones. If you are a person whose family member is experiencing someone who's out of their mind and cannot make decisions on their own, either for their finances or for themselves, if they can't provide food, clothing, shelter, and healthcare for themselves, they should sure as shit be on a conservatorship. And again, it goes back to my point of just because we hear the term conservatorship, it doesn't mean it's bad. There's actual legitimate require, requirements to getting one and there's eligi- eligibility requirements to getting one. Not anyone can just fucking get one, right? There has to be actual like legitimate things put into place. In the actual requirements to getting one, there's a report that's required to be submitted to the court regarding the appropriateness of the conservatorship and whether the conservator is acting in the best interest of the conservatee regarding the conservatee's placement, quality of care, including physical and mental health treatment, as well as their finances. And of course, the conservatorship is not meant to be forever necessarily. 
In fact, one year after conservatorship is put into place, there is an annual investigation to identify if less restrictive alternatives to the conservatory are appropriate. I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think it's very responsible for people like me or people like Joe Schmall on the street to say, free Amanda. If you were Amanda's family member and you saw that she was, she was literally, quite literally in 2013, lighting, lighting like driveways on fire, being a nuisance to like pets on the property, throwing bongs at like her 12th street window in New York City that could be, that could kill someone if the bong fell on them who was walking on the sidewalk. She was a legitimate danger to society. So if someone is, if my sister were going through that and my sister was throwing bongs out the window, lighting driveways on fire, you bet your damn sure as shit she will be on a conservatorship under the uh, guise of uh, the oversight of myself and my parents. There's no question. So I'm just sick of people saying that Amanda Bynes doesn't need to be in a conservatorship. And oh my God, look at all this stuff with Amanda Bynes. And oh my God, look at what she's doing. She's hanging out with these satanic people. It's like, let's just leave her and her family alone. This is a very sensitive private matter. matter, And let's just envision it as if she were your sister. Or she were your cousin. Or she were your sister-in-law. We need to have a bit more empathy. And we always tell, oh, look what we did to Brittany. Look how mean we were to Paris and Lindsay. Well, we're doing it right now with Amanda, who's going through arguably an even worse psychosis than we've ever seen with Brittany or, I mean, not with Brittany. Brittany was going through her own thing, but like with Paris or Lindsay. Like something is seriously afoot with her mental health and I want nothing more than for her to get the help she needs because I think she's a bright light and she's gone through something. I don't know if it's environmental that caused this, her diagnosis or if it's more she truly does suffer from something in the brain you know chemical imbalance or whatever whatever it may be she needs to be put under the care of someone that loves and cares about her and I think that's her parents and I think we all as a society need to step away and stop harassing the poor girl and encouraging rhetoric all over the internet through two-minute tiktoks it needs to stop so I'm off my soapbox I hope you guys (laughs) don't hate me after this but I think it needs to be said I just I'm coming at it and like I'm coming at it from a mental health perspective and like I know of people that have been in conservatorships very close to me and this is the the perspective that I'm coming from that you never know what's going on in a family and it needs to stop what's being said about her. And I'm off my soapbox. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I really appreciate you guys sticking with me during this hiatus. If you have thoughts on the episode, please feel free to Instagram message me at xknowsall. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. And if you're going to be a fucking idiot and mean to me, don't damn me. (laughs) And don't leave a review. As Emily Rose says, write it in your journal. Because this is a free fucking service, okay? But no, for, for real, I'm just coming at this with empathy. And that's all I want. I hope you guys all feel the same way. Okay. This will be offline for now. I'm probably on. Honestly, this is probably going to be like a weekend. I'm going to be like, I miss it. I'm going to go back on. But no, I love you guys. Thank you so much for being patient with me, for loving me throughout this entire hiatus, for supporting me. It means so much more to me than you know. I'll talk to you guys later.